The Breakfast Flakes podcast brought to you by the Blue Cat Bar and Grill. Next to the Roadside Event Center in Huntley. The Blue Cat. It's where it's at. Mark and Paul checking in. 21st of June. Yeah, first day of summer, good. And we're off to a good start with a whole bunch of precip, a whole bunch of green grass, green fields, mountainsides are green, 54 degrees downtown, high today only 75, and uh, 85 tomorrow, 89 Thursday, 72 Friday for the Optimus Tournament. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> oh. Hey, uh, I know you remember this, but what, what was the tiff between... Trisha Yearwood and Leanne Rhymes on that song. Uh, Wasn't it because of the movie or something? It was used in Con Air. But I remember, and then Leanne Rhymes did it, and her song was way bigger than Trisha Yearwood's. Right, but Trisha Yearwood's got used in the movie, and then I think at the CMAs, I'd have to look that up because it's been long enough. I think Leanne Rhymes' song won the awards because it was the most played country song at the time. Yeah. And I, I don't know what what song that is now. And how they keep how they keep track anymore? Did she just make better fried chicken or something? Or mm. I, there was a tiff there, something there, there was something I can't remember because Leanne Rhymes, I I remember she came out just immediately after and re released that song. Folks, what you hear in the background is my right-handed typer, Mark Wilson. He I is, am a right-handed. He typer. uses his left hand to hit the shift button only, and that's what he does. I remember there was something. Uh, How Do I Live, song written by Diane Warren, who I don't know if you remember, but we had her on our show. No. She was in our town for, uh, I think she did a show at the Alberta Bear, and she was staying in the hotel, and she just came up and we put her on. This was like 30 years ago, uh, because she had written a song called The PMS Blues. Oh, well. Maybe that's why the problem started with Leanne Rhymes and (laughs) Trisha. They were both, you know, full bat crazy Uh at the time or something. You never know. But there was a, there was something there. There was some tiff that went on or something, and because she re-released it, I mean, right immediately afterwards. Leanne Rhymes' version was at number two for five non-consecutive weeks. It was on the chart for sixty-nine weeks. Mm. Uh, a record it held until "I'm Yours" by Jason Mraz set a new record of seventy-six weeks. Don't know that song. Neither. That's interesting. Neither Rhymes nor Yearwood's version of the song was included on the soundtrack album. Folks, it's old enough the song from Leanne Rhymes was released on a CD single and cassette tape single with the original song plus an extended version. I'll have to read up. I don't know why why you have two sizable country stars recording the same song. Hmm. Well, there you go. So, um... I can tell you what's going to happen, folks. Friday up the Optimus Tournament, he's going to be on number 12, and he's going to be on his second shot, and he's going to be lining up, and he's going to say, hey, I remember what the tiff was now, and everybody's going to kind of look at him. I wish that wasn't accurate, but it is. Very seldom, though, in country music, um, will you ever have another artist ever tell you that he doesn't like another song by another artist right that's just that's just something you don't do well and generally speaking a lot of people will cut the same song because they think it's a good song but part of it is timing part of it is how much the record label promotes it kenny rogers 
was the 56th person to cut the gambler. And it, it was big for him, but not for other people. <laughs> I knew you'd want to know. See, what did I tell you? What did, what did I tell you, folks? This, this crap, just it just flies in there and then just, pew, just comes out his mouth. But right. that's... We, well, I remember we had a consultant years ago, and if we'd play a song, and I said, God, I, that song sucks. I hate that song. Well, that was just something that you just never did. No, you couldn't back when we started. And I said, well, I do. Yeah. If I don't like it, I'm going to tell you I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you just don't. You, and, and you have these butt kissers that every song that was ever released by every artist ever, you're always supposed to say, well, that's, that's another great song from Kevin Sharp right. or or something, you know, and if you didn't like, because we're all different. Right. Not you everybody know? likes everybody. Well, Mark doesn't like ham. Yeah. You know, but you can't, you can't, uh, they didn't want you to say, I don't like ham because there were pork producers out there and people that make ham. Well, well, just like in our Nashville segment, we cover all genres of music now, and the rap stuff is interesting to us because we don't get it, and the rap names and some of the songs. Mm. And back when we started, you had to pretend like there was no other kind of music besides country. Oh, D- yeah. Don't talk about rock and roll. We don't yeah. want people knowing about that. Yeah, it was stupid. Um, and we just kind of changed things a little bit. And... Folks, 1989 on a Saturday morning, Paul and I used to have to work 6 to 9 on Saturdays when we started. We got called into the program director's office, and we got written up for playing Run Run Rudolph by Southern Pacific. Yep. And, you know, typical way we handled it. Well, right away. Yeah. You know, who cares? Uh, nobody cares. That was oh, a big power control thing, mm-hmm. you know. Fifteen program directors ago. Yeah. Now, the other one you played earlier, Poncho and Lefty, mm-hmm. that was a huge song. Yeah. I remember playing that as a current. Was that like 83? Yeah. yeah. Huge. Huge song. Huge. Yep. People love that song. <laughs> what? See? Something just <laughs> something just popped in there. <laughs> well, I had read the story. Uh, when that was being cut, there's the acoustic guitar solo in there. Uh-huh. And a lot of people thought Merle Haggard played that. A guy in Willie's band played it because Merle was passed out in his bus. Oh, see? <laughs> I knew you'd want to know. We had another uh, another little sprinkle move through last night. I heard it uh, hitting the window again. And Yesterday about 3, I was looking at the radar on my phone, and uh, down by Lodgegrass, I don't know if they got hail, but I'd never seen with all the colors on my phone, I'd never seen that big a patch of white before. Hmm. But they looking that way. They had some uh, some pretty tall clouds, and whenever they've got tall clouds down there, they get they get some pretty nasty thunderstorms. Yeah, and when they get east of there, they get even worse. Yeah. Um. Well, and I was looking for the story. Um, federal government's going to give fifty million dollars to Yellowstone Park to get the roads going. I well, think. Well, sure. Yeah, like you said yesterday. I'm telling everybody's you, favorite kid, you know, everybody, you know, oh gosh. And I'm, that's the, I'm telling you, that's the reason it was acting on so quickly to, you know, environmentalists think Yellowstone park is their heaven mm-hmm. and it's a federally run place and it's everybody's adopted son. So everybody loves it. And 4 million people go there a year. So they waited all, let's, 
Let's move immediately on this and get on the good graces of everyone. Never forget, folks, they weigh everything politically. Everything. Oh, yeah. Every every decision, every dollar that's assigned. If Yellowstone Park folks would not have been involved in that flooding, I'll guarantee you I'd have bet the ranch that Red Lodge, Fromberg, Gardner would have had to wait weeks before an assessment was done or anything before the feds would declare a disaster area. I don't disagree. It happens all around the country and every day in all areas of the nation when they have natural disasters. It takes a while, but not for the adopted child of America. They'll use and $50 million in federal highway money to speed up road and bridge repairs. There's still no timetable for repairs to routes between the park areas of Montana where the recovery is expected to stretch for months. And well, and 50 million folks won't even touch it. No. Remember the uh, the thing I told you the other day where it cost a million bucks uh, uh, a mile to do a bike trail or something. You know, they got to put in bridges. Yeah. Well, and anytime, anytime you're working for the federal government, you're getting the best rate. Mm-hmm. They could get it up and running quickly with culverts and backfill and packing and that kind of stuff, but it, it that that won't last. And especially if they put it in the same area, they they should be reviewing whether they want to move it or not. Um, you know, what, <laughs> I even hate to say what I would do because people hate it when I tell them what I would do because I'm a nobody. But what I would do is I would quickly makeshift repair the roads to make them navigable with some backfill, a culvert, and some asphalt. And then I would I would start an engineering plan on rebuilding the road out of harm's way permanently so it never happens again. Is it going to be incredibly expensive? Yes, it is. But... Unless you unless you put the road up higher, this will happen again. And it's not a 500-year flood. No, it's it, not. It's not going to be another 500 years before we get a flood like this. It, it could be in another five again. Yeah. It floods all the time here. They're not 500-year floods. Hell, even the paper yesterday had six of them in there within like the last 100 years. It's not. Um, and all those routes were determined back in the days of wagons. Mm-hmm. They followed the low areas, the level areas and the low areas by the river. And right. so then the road went in there. The frontage roads went in there. And then the interstates went in there because it was already carved out. It was easy. It was cheaper. Mm-hmm. And, of course, in Yellowstone Park, if you do something down there, the environmental studies and impact statements that will have to be done will take a dozen years. Yeah. Do Will it inhibit the buffalo? Will the spotted owl lose its nesting ground mm-hmm. will the grizzly bear be affected uh, you know just one thing after another put the damn highway in right. they'll figure it out mm-hmm. i've never had an animal at my place yet wild animal that hasn't been able to figure out how to get around it get in it or move through it mm-hmm. never no matter what i put up 
But uh... when you're looking for the perfect location to host your special event, your first choice should be the Roadside Event Center. They offer a rustic and charming atmosphere and are an exceptional choice for weddings, reunions, graduation parties, anniversaries, and corporate events. Whether it's a cozy indoor party or an outdoor event, the Roadside Event Center can accommodate and they have a covered patio and a fully stocked bar. Check out Huntley's premier event center at RoadsideEventCenter.com. That's R-H-O-A-D, RoadsideEventCenter.com. Oh, here's an update. Okay, good. They addressed it. For Yellowstone Park, only license plates ending with an even number or zero will be admitted to the park on even number days. This also applies to all motorcycles. If your plate ends in an odd number, or if you have a vanity plate, you can enter on the odd days. So vanity plates, personalized plates are odd days. Oh, okay. But what if, what if my vanity plate ends with a number? Right. <laughs> there you go. It's I have still a, considered a vanity plate. Right. What if you enter on a bike or are you hiking? Don't know that. How about campers? A lot of campers go through. Mm-hmm. Uh, they will probably have to go by the plate number as well. Article in the paper today about traveling to Yellowstone. Here's what to expect. Expect crowds, folks. Yes. This, this is not the year to go to the park, yeah. but some will. Well, they want to see the damage right, now. Right, the looky-loos. Oh, yeah. That's oh, a I want to go see what's different. Right. You know, everybody slows down at a car accident in the Heights because they want to see an arm laying on the road and some guy smash. They mm-hmm. want, and then they got their phones out. Uh, but uh, you know, people are drawn into that. Triple A, Triple A said, "Folks, over the Fourth of July weekend, are you ready? That forty-two million people are going to travel." More than 50 miles over the 4th of July weekend. That's up substantially from last year. Last year it was 36. This year it's 42. Even with the price of gas. Isn't that funny? Even with the price of gas. The way it is. Now, first of all, how do they know that? I bring this up all the time. How do they know that? Has Did anybody who is listening this morning... Did any of you get contacted by AAA to ask if you're going to be traveling over the 4th of July? No one ever gets called or contacted. Nobody I've ever met in my entire life I has been either. contacted by AAA yep. about any of their surveys. I've never I've never been surveyed on my phone. No. Ever. Ever about whether I'm going to travel 50 miles or more. And my answer is always yes anyway cuz everything I do is 50 miles or more. Yeah, it is for you. Um, never have I ever been contacted. And I'll tell you something else. How did they come up with this? Remember every year, every year at the end of the year, we get how many people visited Yellowstone Park. Right. All right. We get that every year. This year, uh, they'll say 3,981,740 people visited Yellowstone Park, blah, blah, blah. I went to Yellowstone Park. I went to Yellowstone Park on May the 19th. I went through the park. Myself, John, his girlfriend, we went through the park, zoomed through the park in our pickup. We pull up to the park entrance, and the woman at the park gate says, it's $35 for the pass. 
because I didn't have a pass. Okay, I give her $35 and she hands you this map and says, have a nice day and you move on. She didn't ask how many people were in my car. No. She didn't even count. How did they know how many people were in my car that day? They didn't ask, Mark. Mm -mm. Do you go through in a camper? They don't know how many people are sitting in the back of your camper or a van, anything like that. They don't know that. They don't ask. They didn't ask. She didn't even count. I know she didn't. No. They're a line of cars behind me. No, just trying to get you through as quick as they can. So how do they know there were 3,900,781 people? Not sure. uh... They don't know. (laughs) They don't know. They don't. They don't know 42 million people are going to travel. Headline today in the paper. See, that's why when we do first news, it's fair, it's accurate, and you get the damn truth. Whether you like it or not. AP story today. Hundreds of people are dying in the streets each year from heat. The ranks of homeless have swelled after the pandemic. And temperatures fuel. So all these people. Okay, let's analyze this. First of all, let's read this story. Okay. Hundreds of homeless people are dying in the streets from the heat. The ranks of homeless have swelled after the pandemic and the temperatures that have been fueled by climate change soar. Okay, so this is all bullshit crap right away. Global warming is ramping up the dangers of being outside on hot days and not just in the desert areas either like Vegas or Phoenix. The Pacific Northwest was unprepared last summer when record heat killed scores of people. See, concerns have grown worldwide. Let's analyze this. Number one, hundreds. How come we know how many people are going to travel by car over the 4th of July, (laughs) but we don't know how many people have died in the streets from the heat. But it's scores. It's a lot. The ranks of the homeless have swelled after the pandemic. Okay, pandemic. So what were all of these homeless people doing and what neighborhoods did they live in before the pandemic? Yeah. All right. They have swelled after the pandemic. They don't give you that either, do they? No. You see, this is all indoctrination. Temperatures fueled by climate change. Uh, No, they're not. Folks, is it always 110 degrees and 115 in the summer down in Phoenix? Not always. Not always. Some years it is, some years it isn't. All right. Caused by climate change. They talk about the Pacific Northwest last summer. How come they haven't mentioned the Pacific Northwest this summer? Well, we want to talk about last summer. No, let's (laughs) talk about this summer. Because that's the one we're living in. Seattle has not hit 75 degrees yet this year. Damn climate change. This year, folks, it's June the 21st. The first day of summer. You know Seattle? In six months, they have yet to hit 75 degrees. The Northwest and the West have been cool. They don't talk about that. So, you know what any any sensible uh, 
person who has a brain in their head would do with this article? <laughs> there. That one's in there. It's all propaganda. It is. That article was nothing but a propaganda push by Associated Press. That's all that article was. So I don't even have to read that one anymore. What's the old saying? If you hear a lie enough times from people, you start to believe it. Mm-hmm. And I have a friend, and we don't talk politics because I know we don't vote the same. But I asked him one day, I said, do you think there's climate change? He said, yeah. I said, why? He goes, well, it's all over the news. Yeah, see? <laughs> Listen to this story. From Lindsay Tanner and Angie Wang from the Associated Press, the headline says U.S. rolls out COVID shots for little kids. Here's the opening sentence. Listen to this. (laughs) Folks, this is going to make you throw up, vomit this morning. Here is the opening sentence of their story in the paper today. Little Fletcher Pack woke up Monday morning and asked... Is today vaccine day? That's the opening line in their story. The three-year-old from Lexington, South Carolina. Now, how did they know that a three-year-old from Lexington, South Carolina woke up and the first thing he said in the morning was, is today vaccine day? A kid 36 months old. Did he know? Did he know that the day before was he following the news? Was he reading it on TikTok? This three-year-old that the CDC and the FDA was about to approve vaccines for kids five and younger. Did he know that? No. Folks, listen to this. Do you believe that they're finally getting their chance? Finally. To get COVID-19 vaccines. I know when I was a three-year-old, I walked up and down my stairs of my house every day wondering, I wonder if today is vaccine day. Am I going to get my polio shot today, mom? Am I going to get my measles vaccine today? Listen to that crap in that first sentence. Folks, do you believe that a three-year-old would come up the stairs after waking up in the morning? And ask that question. I know zero children that look forward to any type of shots. Do you know any three-year-old that could even pronounce the word vaccine? Or know what a vaccine is at three? 36 months, Mark. No. Vaccine. Is today vaccine day? Or or maybe he, he came up and he said this. Hey, mom, did you hear they approved the vaccine because they believe the efficacy rate is great? A three. This is three now. Why would they? Why would Associated Press lie about that? Because it it fits their narrative. You you people are so gullible in America. You believe that a three year old ran up the stairs and asked if it was vaccine day. Vaccine day. Fletcher's mother said that once her son is fully vaccinated, he can finally go bowling. He's three. He's three years old, folks. Three. How many 36-month-old kids do you see at the bowling alley? Dang it. That's a 7-10 split. (laughs) How many three? Mark, you know how big a three-year-old's hand is? I do. Folks, have you ever seen a bowling ball? The bowling ball would have to be the size of a softball for a three-year-old to bowl. To bowl! He can finally go bowling. And 
and visit the nearby children's museum. I know when I was three, I got up every day, folks, and I came upstairs. Mommy, mommy, are we going to the Natural History Museum today? I want to see what the paleontologists are saying about the the Blattus Raptor or something. He's three. The kid still craps his pants, probably. Or he's wearing pull-ups. Some kids aren't even potty trained by three. This kid is coming up. He's he's now asking about the vaccines. He knows the efficacy rate could be good. He wants to go to the museum, and he can't wait to bowl, and he's three. This kid is a star. Yeah. Let me go on. There's probably more. <sighs> he's never really played with another kid inside before. This mother is dumb, and I know a lot of you won't like it, but that's just crazy. This is certainly an exciting moment in what has become a very long campaign to vaccinate people, said Dr. Matthew Harris, uh, ER pediatrician at Northwell Cohen Children's Medical Center in New York. Well, then you folks are talking to the wrong pediatricians. Mm -hmm. Because I know a lot of pediatricians that are on the opposite side of this. You know, fair, accurate, you get the damn truth. This isn't. They're just talking to one person. Many parents have been anxiously awaiting the rollout. This guy's got a nine-month-old. It's a huge step towards normalcy, said Dr. Deborah Langos, University of Michigan. The family had skipped a trip to Disneyland and a popular Michigan vacation island and a ferry ride. (laughs) A freshly hand-cut steak and made-from-scratch pizza is what you'll find at the Blue Cat Bar and Grill in Huntley. They've got the best roasted chicken, amazing burgers, and the best prime rib deal in the county. Breakfast, lunch, or dinner, they have the freshest, best meal deal going. You've got to try their loaded Bloody Mary, made with your choice of vodka, bacon, cheese, olives, pepperoncinis, a pickle spear, and topped off with a beef stick and shrimp. For great service, generous portions, and a full-service bar and casino, head to the Blue Cat Bar and Grill in Huntley. Make sure to like them on Facebook. Because they didn't want to mingle with unmatched passengers. How dare you pricks out there <laughs> walk around and not wear a mask? <laughs> Now, we know what happens when you're fully vaccinated, like Dr. Fauci. Mm-hmm. You can get COVID and you can get it twice. And they told us, didn't they? Yeah, you're, you're protected. Well, we found out that was wrong. Sure. If you're an older adult and you have problems, it's going to keep you out of the hospital. Could even prevent death. Can, can this woman... Hey, Lindsay Tanner and Angie Wang. And can you tell me... Uh, about all the research we have for Fletcher on the kids who were 36 months of age and younger. Give me all the results from those. As Dr. Rand Paul at the Senate hearing the other day found out from Dr. Fauci, there is none. Uh There is no test or no information and there have been no trials And there is no information that says it will lessen hospitalizations and death for children who were under five. Go read it. Don't listen to me. You can tell me I'm wrong. I could show, Mark, I could show people the damn testimony. I could let them look at it. 
and hear him say it himself, and they would still say, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. And I could show it to them, and they wouldn't care. Like this woman, whose three-year-old is interested in bowling and going to the history museum. <laughs> I remember my daughter at three saying it's today vaccination day. Me too, Mark. God. Me too. The CDC is now advising vaccines for those who already have had COVID. His approach, this guy's going to be, look, if they were my kids, I'd vaccinate them. Well, sure. It's like a fertilizer guy comes out to my place. Yep, you don't need any fertilizer. You got plenty of nitrogen. Don't forget, these places get paid. Uh That's right. A lot for giving these shots, folks. Does it, has anybody seen the ledger from Riverstone Health and what they've made over the two years from the pandemic? Has anybody even looked at that mm-hmm. or has he even seen it yet? No, that would be reporting. Yeah. But what they can tell you is that there's children who are under three running around there going, I can hardly wait uh, to get to back to the History Museum or go to the Yellowstone Arts Center. Uh, these are three-year-olds. Because the virus is still around, a lot of people are still dying. That is incorrect. That's incorrect. All you got to do is, Joe, go to the John Hopkins website and you can see how many people die each and every day. And not from COVID, from a COVID contributing factor. That's right. As you mentioned, follow the money behind that one. Some hospitals are planning big vaccination events later on in the week. Some parents are afraid that the younger the child, the more vulnerable they might be to a vaccine side effect. That's not what Pfizer and Missouri studies have found. Side effects were similar to what is seen in other childhood vaccines. Fever, irritability, fatigue. That's all. Then they left it at that. Why didn't they talk about the studies that have not proved about less hospitalization and death for children under five if they get the vaccine? Mm-hmm. Why didn't they talk about that? Dr. Fauci did at his hearing last week, but no, nope. Lindsay Tanner and Angie Wang aren't going to mention that. They just mentioned that little Fletcher Pack woke up and asked his mom, is today vaccine day? I don't ever recall my three-year-old ever using a word like vaccine. Uh, no. Ever. It's crazy, folks. Crazy, crazy world we live in, isn't it? Local services in Billings asking for funding because of the homeless problem we have in the streets right now around the Billings area. And folks, it is awful. I've never seen it this bad before. Um, And, you know, they're dying on the streets because of the heat. And all those people were doing great before the pandemic. If you just listen to the article we just read. Mm -hmm. Nobody thinks that. Law enforcement, emergency personnel, everybody, they're called all the time. By the way, uh, you know, these people, half of the calls they get is because they are inebriated so bad or they're high or they're on drugs of Mm -hmm. some sort. And remember, our mayor, of course, supported the recreational drug bill. Yes, he did. uh, To get more recreational, recreational drugs into the hands of people, which makes sense. And they can't keep up. 
Look down here. I You can look out our back window of the hotel here, folks, and look down by, for instance, the skateboard park. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a dang city down there anymore. Yeah, people they, they, setting up tents and ca- I was out. Mark, yesterday I was out there on the West End, and I was out uh, getting some parts yesterday from a dealership. And I went down one of the side streets, and there's a guy. He's got his pickup camper. He's he's parked there, but he he took it out of the pickup, and it's up on the stilts. <laughs> and he's living there. Got his car in front. And he's living right on the side of the... He can park on the side of the... He's just living in it right there. Well, you can't park your camper on the street. You'll get a ticket. No, you can. You know, you can. Oh, my God. But don't stack your firewood in your front yard. But, yeah, it's it's crazy, folks. Um, It's crazy. But it's a problem. And it is... Uh, it's everywhere. I mean, it's everywhere. Now, West End... Heights, mm-hmm. downtown, North Park, Broadwater area, the medical district, it's everywhere. We got approached, uh, my daughter and I, on uh, Thursday night, Mackenzie River Pizza in the Heights. Mm-hmm. Guy came up, could barely stand. He was so inebriated, wanting money. Mm-hmm. Former Montana governors discuss the Constitution. This will be good. Two former Montana governors on opposite sides of the political spectrum brought down the curtain at the 50th anniversary of the Montana Constitutional Convention. Former Governor Mark Roscoe and former Democrat Governor Steve Bullock. First of all, that's incorrect. They were not on the opposite side of the political spectrum. No. Roscoe was a closet door Democrat. Mm -hmm. I, I can't even read this stuff without wanting to yell and ask him a question about Article 2 of the Constitution uh, and about who can make election laws. It's clearly stated. It's clearly stated. And why do you, why do you absorb some of the things that the Constitution says and then deny the other parts? You can't. No can't do it that way i loved i'd love to debate governor steve bullock on the viability of our constitution and the threat where the biggest threats to democracy come from <laughs> i would love to argue with him uh-huh. on that and he's so much smarter anyway i mean he's a trained attorney and uh-huh. a groom politician and everything i'd love to do that Welcome anytime. He's welcome anytime. I don't think he's doing anything right now. Well, he's working for that uh, that one group. Uh, I forget which one it was. Global warming's better for the homeless. Better than global freezing. <laughs> but uh, I wrote uh, an article on it a, a few weeks ago. Um, what are what are the solutions? And how are we going to deal with it? We just, we don't. We, we accept it and we let it exist. And, um, and we have all kind of laws on the books that prevent that kind of thing. Yep. So what kind of civil society are we folks when we just pick and choose which laws we want to enforce? We have attorney generals that do that. We have governors that do that. 
We have former governors like Roscoe that do it. What laws are you going to pick and choose the ones you believe in? Mm-hmm. And what gives you the authority and the power to pick and choose which ones you think are right and which ones have, that have been legally passed that are right? I'm going to start ignoring the speeding laws. Exactly. I want to ignore the law on paying taxes. I don't think that's a very good law. If you could change voting laws, why can't we change tax laws on our own? Right. Just do it. Just do it. Can't. They enforce that one. Chuck Schumer wants to change all the laws. Him and Nancy Pelosi telling people to go after Supreme Court justices. We got a law that's supposed to protect them anyway. Mm-hmm. And these people are protesting all out. And where's our attorney general? He's not, he's not enforcing that law. Why not? It's a law. Why not? Is, why isn't that being enforced? You can't intimidate a judge. No. You In can't, any way, shape, or form. Even Chuck Schumer. Just because you don't like, just because you don't like how a court is ruling, you don't like it. You're going to influence and promote violence and protesting and try to intimidate a judge to change his mind. Why isn't he behind bars? That's that's mafia. That's racketeering. Trying to intimidate or influence a judge in order to change their decision, folks. You know we have laws against that. But they promote it and allow it. Why? How come they're allowed to get away with that? That's a law. All this stuff. We have laws. You can't loiter. You can't trespass. You can't sleep on the sidewalk. You can't have an open container. You can't do drugs on the street. You can't have possession of any illegal drugs on you at the time. Why? So why don't we enforce those laws? Well, what are we supposed to do with them? See? So you ignore it. I keep telling folks, if we, we need to hire out our incarceration to foreign countries, pay them to do it, they can do it cheaper, mm-hmm. and it becomes their problem. They can earn money. It becomes, going to jail becomes the deterrent. We clean up the streets, and end of problem. But uh, all these things, folks, just all coming to a head here. We indoctrinate our youth to be compassionate for all this kind of stuff. And we do. We, we do owe compassion to the people that definitely need it. And uh, But as I mentioned yesterday, I still I haven't got one name yet from any teacher that during their coursework throughout the year teaches the children on what a great country America is. I haven't received a name yet. Not one. Not one. We did get, uh, we did get yesterday uh, a request for and a story about uh, someone who wants our Emily Pennington scholarship. So if you have anybody who's disabled or, uh, or has a learning disability, anything like that, that wants to further their education, doesn't matter if it's in high school or doesn't matter if it's in college or a technical school, we're going to award that $1,000 scholarship at the start of the school year. Right. And uh, 
because of what she had to go through just to complete her education in school district two. That is what people should be concerned about. Mm-hmm. So, um, you folks can get those entries in. And hopefully today, when your 36-month-old child gets up this morning, they run out into the kitchen, and rather than wondering where their Fruit Loops are, they'll ask you if today is vaccine day. God. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. The Breakfast Flakes podcast brought to you by the Blue Cat Bar and Grill. Next to the Roadside Event Center in Huntley. The Blue Cat. It's where it's at.